going to uh, spend ages. But um, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, it's okay. We'll, they'll pray with their eyes closed, so they won't know who you are. <laughs> okay, and remember, it's 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 the Lord who knows what's wrong. Let's let's remember, Megan. It's the Lord who knows what's wrong. Um, Okay, Heavenly Father, you put us together. You knit us together in our mother's womb. And you know intricately everything that needs to happen. So right now, in Jesus' name, we speak to everything which is not working properly uh, for these dear people in their cardiac systems. We say, just be healed right now. Be healed. Be put right. Where there is irregularity, let it be completely regular, completely normal. Our prayer is that the next time that folks go to get checked up or anything like that, that uh, they see that you have touched them physically. And we speak to any concerns and fears. We just say, be peaceful. Be peaceful. In the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Please take a seat. Okay, Danny, can we go with the uh, the first slide, please? Uh, maybe we could take out these these lights here, please. Um, you won't see me so well; that won't upset anybody, uh, except maybe my mum. But uh, she's not here to worry about it. We have got um, we've got a kind of bit of new artwork, but you can't really see it very well. Um, we have a new projector, which uh, we're all going to work at. And it's going to be bright and beautiful and, and lovely. And, uh, uh, and winter's coming, so it's darker outside. So the whole thing will just look much better, won't it? Yes, Graham, it will. Okay, thank you. Um, before I get into this, I, I, was, I was on a fairly long drive yesterday, and I was driving back on the, the motorway, and I had one, you know, the smart motorways with those signs, and it, it comes up and it says that this, uh, the motorway's closed between this junction and this junction, and I just thought, oh, goody, that means a detour. It was Saturday and too much traffic. So on, I keep going in and out of, uh, what should I, should I persevere with this? Okay. And, um, and I saw the first sign and I was just coming up to a junction and I thought I could go off here and find my way around it and ignore all of these signs. And I decided not to. My inactivity led me into a long, long line of traffic that was going from four lanes down to one lane and then off the motorway because, uh, just like the sign said, the motorway was closed. And as I was sitting in this, uh, this traffic jam, I thought, maybe I should have listened. Maybe I should have heard that voice that was just saying, why don't you get off the motorway now, Graham? But no, I'm sitting here, so I thought, I'm sitting here. So I had to, uh, listening to some music, and everything was fine, and 
that we were moving along slowly. And, and then we, we, we came off the, the motorway and going on the, the detour. And this detour took, I mean, I knew the area a little bit. It wasn't near here, but I knew the area a little bit. This detour took me through some beautiful countryside, unexpectedly beautiful. And then as we, we came around a bend, we came upon a completely new village, complete new build. Like there was a few years ago, there was clearly nothing there at all. And then uh, developers had kind of built all this thing. You know, and it, it, it had a, a new feel about it. But actually, it was really nice. They'd made a really good job of it. And I just thought, this is so surprising. Sometimes we get held up in life and held up in our discipleship and our growth in Jesus. Not so much because of what we do, but sometimes because of what we don't do. Sometimes it's the things that we don't listen to, the things that we are a bit reluctant to listen to. But even then, when you're stuck in a jam and you're going forward very slowly and that is sometimes our experience as believers we go forward very 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 slowly and it's sometimes it's it's tempting to believe i've done something wrong you know and actually we've got a predisposition to start casting around and looking for the sin or something or you know, uh, or we go and get a sozo or something like that, because that will sort us out. And and actually, it's not so much because of something we've done; it's maybe something that we didn't do. But God can still step in and take us through a delightful journey. However, we have to be ready to hear the voice the second time. And sometimes when we're in a a jam. We don't want to hear that voice a second time. I think this morning, with this series we're starting, some of us are going to hear the voice a second time. Or maybe a third. Maybe even a fourth. There'll be some of us who feel that we've been a bit stuck. And it may be that you react to some of the things I'm going to suggest this morning. And you'll go away thinking, well, Graham was a bit off beam again. Um, and, and you'll dismiss it. And I, I really want to encourage you not to dismiss it. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, because I believe that uh, he wants to do that this morning. Okay, um, we're starting into a series called Building Big People. We've been looking at building all year, and um, we felt we wanted to look at building big people. I need to say this is not the leader's latest scheme. This is not something that we have dreamt up and say, oh yes, you know, let's really G everybody up so that they'll work harder and try harder and pray more and and do this, that and the other more. Um, The reason that we're going to look at this is because uh, this is what Jesus does. Uh, If he does when I operate. Oh, I pushed the right one. Well done. You see, this is what Jesus does. Jesus is building big people. We had a couple of, uh, <laughs> I thought it was quite ironic actually, we just had the notice about the talk about obesity and I thought well, most of us try not to be big people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd like to be a slightly littler person. But um, we, uh, we had a couple of uh, 
uh, big people up here earlier on. You know, they're going to Iraq. They're going to take love and peace. That, that's a big thing to do. Well done. Out of Mark chapter 3, just a, a little bit, so if you, uh, if you haven't uh, got the chance to get it handy, don't worry. Um, Mark chapter 3, verse 13. In the version that I'm reading, it's entitled, Jesus Chooses Twelve Apostles. Afterward, uh, let me tell you what it's after, because um, that helps with the context sometimes. There were massive crowds following Jesus. I mean massive crowds. Thousands and thousands of people following Jesus. And they followed him because they had never heard teaching like that, but they also followed him because people uh, were getting healed. And uh, they were seeing some extraordinary things that there was no other way to happen. And uh, there were people who were sick and they wanted to get well, but there were people who were just amazed. They had never, ever in their whole lives been told that God was like this. Um, That's why we need to pray for people for healing, isn't it? Okay, thank you, all three of you. The rest of you, that's why we need to pray for people for healing, so that they get well and so that people can see that God loves people and wants to make them well. Um, Okay, verse 13. Afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to himself the men he wanted to be close companions. You see, all these other people, thousands and thousands of people had flocked to see Jesus Jesus didn't ask them to come. He didn't mind them coming. But these 12, he called them to himself to be his close companions. So they went up the mountainside to join them. He appointed the 12, whom he named apostles. He wanted them, listen to this, he wanted them to be continually at his side as friends. He wanted them to be continually at his side as friends. Why? So that he could send them out. He said, come here. Be close. Be close to me. Because guess what? I'm going to send you out. And uh, But later on we know he said, oh, by the way, I'm sending you out as, as sheep amongst wolves. Just to encourage you. Um, and uh, people, some people are going to treat you really badly. And uh, we know from Acts and so on that that was the case. But he, these were his friends that he was sending out. And he called them to himself and said, come and be with me. Uh, So he could send them out to preach, to have authority, to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Um, I won't get into that because that's another thought. But uh, he appointed his 12 and he gave uh, Simon, the nickname Peter the Rock. He gave the brothers James, or sometimes uh, translated now as Jacob, and the sons of Zebedee. The, the nickname Bene Regar, which means passionate sons. There were others, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas. Um, Simon the Nationalist and Judas Iscariot. Could I possibly have the other mic, please? Because this is uh, proving problematic. Thank you. Uh, excuse me, let me just switch this one off. Okay. So Jesus called these 12 people to himself and he said, I'm going to make you big people. That's really what he said because they weren't big people. They were just regular guys. 
There were fishermen. There was a tax collector. There was a, uh, you know, uh, a neo-terrorist. There were all kinds of other people. And um, they might have aspired to be big people. They might have aspired to bring change, but they, they didn't have the capacity to do that. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the capacity. I'm going to school you in carrying the personality of a big person. This is not to mean loud, not to mean um, a, uh, a kind of obvious person and a, uh, a kind of assertive or aggressive person or anything like that. It's simply to be a person who can carry the bigness of God as fully as possible. That's really what we're talking about. What is a big person? A big person is somebody who carries the fullness of God within themselves and knows that they can release that, knows that that can come through them and they're not timid or uncertain about allowing that to happen. It's something that I personally have just been saying to the Lord, do you know, that's what I want. I want to be able to carry the fullness of your Holy Spirit, not just for me, but for everybody else, for the people that I work with and meet and interact with and, uh, and the people who are around me that I, that I love and care about. I, I want that for myself. And I've come across four kind of, um, they're maxims really. I didn't get these out of the, the Bible. I actually got them from somebody else who kind of developed them and I, uh, I like them and I try to incorporate them. I'm going to share them with you. This is really just an introduction. Okay, we've got a number of great speakers lined up to unpack these a little bit. But uh, here they are. Here we go. Here's the first one. Oh, there they are, all together, actually. God's big people, they dream big, they take risks, they trust Jesus, and they serve well. They dream big, they take risks, they trust Jesus, and they serve well. They dream big because God is good. The bigger we become as people, the more we realize how good God is. So, you know, today we, we, we prayed for some, uh, um, some physical things in people's lives. Now, he's a good God. Does God want to heal those people? Okay, let's ask the rest of you now. Does God want to heal those people? Yeah, yeah because you, all those people that stood up, I mean, you either stood up because you thought, well, I'll just stand up because it looks like I'm standing up. Or because you think, no, God's good enough to do this. God loves these people enough and he is, he is good enough to intervene in somebody's life and do something extraordinary. God is that good. He's gooderer than you can imagine. He is so much gooderer than you have believed. Because most of us at some point think, I don't think God can do that for me. You might dream of something, and but then the capacity that you have to believe that God is good for you stops you really, really pressing through and seeing the response to the prayer that you pray. 
maybe it's a personal prayer, maybe it's a, it's a prayer for a situation that you're involved in or a different person or something that, that is within the calling that you know you have, something that God puts on your heart and you say, that's too big for me. And the question is not, is it too big for God? The question is, is it too big for us? So how do we grow? Let's grow by hanging around with bigger people. Now, bigger people are actually, they're not so difficult to find, you know. You just have to look in the right way. Like I said, we've got some, got some big people among us. They're not, they're growing in different areas. I mean, without trying to embarrass you two, you know, it's just a launch out on a, on a trip to Iraq. Yeah, of course, everybody wants to go to Iraq. Hands up all those that want to go to Iraq. No, actually, I don't want to go, you know. Um, there's all sorts of reasons why I don't want to go. But when uh, uh, when I was asked, do I want to go to Iraq? I just thought, no, I uh, actually, I prefer Hawaii, maybe. <laughs> or uh, um, something like that. Or maybe, yeah, maybe just, just California and jump into the middle of a forest fire or something like that. But um, find bigger people, hang around with them, spend time with them, talk to them, have coffee with them, get to know them. We spend a lot of time focusing on people that we know need help. And that's good because it's the compassion of Jesus working in us. But seek out some people who you can gain from. And don't be embarrassed about it. Uh, if you can't find them physically or get to know them physically, find them in another way. The internet is, is great now because you can find all sorts of people. Um, a lot of what you find is, is very good. Uh, some of it perhaps not so. But you can find it. You can listen to podcasts. You can, you can uh, uh, watch stuff that they do. Um, you can read their books. Some of the big people that you might want to hang out with aren't alive anymore. Um, some of the names that are well known. People, great saints who have been ahead of us. Who have seen things and done things. Read their biographies. Read their, their books. Try to imbibe something from them that challenges you. And don't be afraid of the challenge. Don't just say, oh, well, you know, that's all very well for Smith Wigglesworth. You know, the guy was from Bradford. It's not going to work for me. I don't have a northern accent or whatever it is. No, I mean, he was, he was just a, a regular guy and God got hold of him and he got hold of God. So people, let's dream big. One of the ways of, of dreaming big actually is to, to pray big. Have you ever prayed those prayers that uh, you've almost been afraid to pray? When when you you pray something, and once it's prayed, you can't unpray something. Did you know you can't unpray something? You can't you can't pray a prayer and say, "Oh, I didn't mean that, Lord. I just I want to backtrack on that one. Scrub that from the record. That never came out of my mouth." Um, you can't do that. Pray big prayers. Ask God for big things. Take risks. Because nothing is impossible. Uh, most of us believe that nothing is impossible. We used to, uh, um, about, oh, I don't know, 150 years ago, sing a, 
um, a, a new song called uh, Nothing is Impossible for You. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great hand. Nothing is impossible for you. And we all sang it and none of us believed it. Because we know there are limits on what we believe is possible for God. You know, we look at situations and we say, I don't know. That's why we respond in the flesh to so many things. So we we look at, uh, just take something which doesn't have the same kind of emotional impact. Um, this huge storm that's just hit the, the Carolinas. Um, I've got some friends in, in North Carolina, and I, I just wrote to them and said, look, thinking of you guys, praying for you, and so on. They said, yeah, we are praying that this storm changes. I mean, that's a big thing, because that is one big storm. Did you see it? I mean, that's not just, you know, rain on a Sunday afternoon. That is a serious storm coming. And these folks, they're big people. They've got big faith. They can trust God to do something. And once they started to pray, they saw it diminish from a Category 4 down to a uh, a Category 2 or 1 or or something. I mean, it's still pretty serious, but it's nowhere near as bad as it might have been. They take risks. We can take risks. I have to say, most of the, the areas where I have, or many, I won't say most, but many of the areas where I have grown in taking risks are in the financial area uh, because that's where I felt the challenge. Um, Let me at this point just make a point that we have a gift day coming up soon. Do you know, I started planning for the gift day about six months ago. I personally started when I knew about it. And I, I said then, Father, I didn't actually say, what do you want me to give? I said, what can I give? It's a different question. It's one question to say, Lord, what do you want me to give? It's another question to say, what may I give into this? And so because I asked a while ago, uh, I sensed God speak to me about something. And so I started to plan. So I've, I've already decided what I'm doing. In fact, I, I put some of the actions into place already and i just want to say that because it it illustrates a point about growing bigger you see big people don't just get to a gift day and think oh my goodness it's a gift day what have i got in my pocket or what have i got in my bank account big people are those that think the resources that god has given me he can release blessing through these resources The more resources that I release, the more I can expect him to give back to me. You see, so I had this conversation going on with God, and uh, I said, what can I give, Lord? And uh, he sort of said, well, what would you like to give? So I said, well, how about this much? And he said, yeah, that's great. How how about a bit more? (laughs) I went, like, more? And, And he said, well, if you'd like to. I mean, when God says something like that to you, Not, I want you to do this, but how about doing this? That's really a question that it's very difficult to say no to. I mean, you can say no. But I found uh, through experiences that it's better not to because when God invites you into something and you step into it without having a clue what's going to happen, it opens up the opportunity for God to do something extraordinarily beautiful in a way that you had not imagined. And so that's what big people do. They take the risk 
of following God's invitation. Um, I was in, uh, this was another thing, I've just been in, in uh, the Netherlands this week. That's why I was on a long drive, because I, I drove there, just like you do. So I'm not driving to Iraq, but I did drive to Holland, because the roads are better. And, um, uh, and they have coffee stops on the way. You know, you can sort of pull over, get a coffee, and keep going. And um, I wasn't going to go to this this event, uh, because I'd been a couple of times before, and I just thought, mm, I don't know. And at one stage, I just sensed the Lord say, you are going to go to that conference, aren't you, Graham? And I went, oh, me? Oh, yeah, of course, Lord. <laughs> Got it all booked, you know. Like, I didn't. But I stepped into something because actually there was quite a risk involved for a number of reasons. And um, I just saw opportunities that God opened up because I was willing to take the risk. Um, praying for people this morning. That, that was the thing I was more worried about than anything else driving over. I thought, hearts, Lord? I just don't know. Mm. There's nobody going to be there with a, with a heart problem. And, and, and nobody stood up and I'm standing here thinking, see, I told you, Lord, there's nobody with a, with a heart problem. And then suddenly there are four. And I thought, oh, okay. So I'm expecting some healing. Not because of anything about me other than the fact that I stepped into an opportunity. I felt God was opening up. What opportunities has God opened for you that he's asking you to step into? You see, a relationship with God is not all about, well, do this, don't do that. He's looking for partnership. He's looking, he's building big people. He's building big sons and daughters who have a conversation with their father and work things out as they go along. Yes, I know there are times when God asks obedience of us in a direct way. But the more I go on, the more I think actually what he wants is just to have a conversation with it and for us to have conversations with him so that we naturally want to go the way that he is taking us. That's what following is. That's, it's not, well, Jesus is going this way. I don't want to go that way, Jesus. I want to go this way. It's, oh, you're going this way? Yeah, let's go this way. Or sometimes Jesus said, which way do you want to go? Which way would you like to go? And you're like, why are you asking me? How do you expect me to know what to do with my life? Well, because I filled you with my Holy Spirit and I've given you the mind of Christ and, and you've been following me for 30 years. So maybe now you could make a decision that's already in line with the things that I have in my heart for you. Do you think you could do that? Well, okay, God, yeah, well, let's try that. Let's see what happens. Take some risks. Attempt bigger things. Oh, there is a caveat here. Clean up your own mess. <laughs> clean up your own mess. Don't leave it all for Simeon and Ruth to clean up. Certainly don't come to me. I'm not cleaning up anybody's mess. Um, we don't mind people making mess. We, we don't mind mess, do we? We like mess that you clean up. You might want some help with it. It's, it's really saying, let's just admit that we, we blew it. Or let's, let's not worry about making mistakes. You know, I've been a, a teacher for a while, and I like it when people make mistakes. I like it when it all goes wrong, because then we can learn from that, and you don't have to be destroyed by the fact that it's gone wrong. Don't have such a relationship with God that you fear getting it wrong. Have such a relationship with God that you know actually getting it wrong is, is a good sign. 
because it means you've tried something outside of your normal experience. Okay, third thing, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus, trust Jesus, trust Jesus, trust Jesus. Who are we going to trust? Jesus. Great. Because everything was dealt with at the cross. Okay, I don't have time to, to say too much more about this, but everything that needed to be dealt with was dealt with. Jesus defeated death. That includes everything that could stand in the way. Everything that could stand between you and the closeness of your relationship with the Father. Sin, death, and everything that can be encompassed within that. It was all dealt with at the cross. So when we have things that are in front of us that we fear, we can just go metaphorically speaking, to the cross and just say, Jesus, did you deal with this at the cross? And then we can hear, yep, got that one. Yep, got that one too. There's nothing we can take to him and say that he goes, oh my goodness, I should have included that as well. There's nothing. So there's no there's no area outside of his redemptive life-giving activity so how do we grow let's not fear failure why isn't the church changing uh, the world because we fear failure i do <laughs> i still have things that i feel i just i'm in a uh, a period at the moment where i, I feel god is just sort of uh, encouraging me further and further. You know that, that song, uh, Take Me Deeper, where the, um, I can't even remember the words, Take Me Deeper and, and, and I Won't Drown, that kind of thing. And, um, and I'm in a period where I, I, I feel that and, uh, and several times I've had to stop and, and realize, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm afraid of this because I'm afraid it's going to go wrong. And I have to, to deal with that there and then, in here. I have to say, I'm not going to fear that. I'm just not going to fear it. Um, so let's not fear failure. And let's not court fame. Let's not look for position. Let's not look for uh, for kudos or anything else. It may come. It may come, but that's his business. We don't, we don't need to, to go around looking for it because we, all, we are already famous. Did you know you're famous in heaven? Did you know that? I mean, if all of heaven's rejoicing over you, that's pretty good. How much fame do you want? I mean, yeah, there's some other things that could happen. But if, to be honest, I'm much more interested in what heaven thinks about me these days, or most of the time, if I'm honest, than what the world thinks about me. And the last thing, let's serve well. Because if all those things are true then you're really significant. You are significant. Look at the people around you. You're sitting near significant people. Aren't you impressed? Those people are significant. Those people are world changers. The world changers aren't out there in a classroom with, uh, with some of our leaders. They're everywhere. They're in all the other classrooms. They're here right now. They're you. 
They're world changers. You are world changers. Do you, do you know how significant you are as a daughter or son of Jesus, of, of the Father? You are the, a sibling of the Savior. And you walk the earth. You have the whole of heaven rejoicing over you. You have the resources of heaven at your disposal. And you're on the earth to bring heaven to the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Who's his will going to be done through? Guess who? You folks. So you're significant beyond what you can imagine. You're in your place of employment, not just to witness to your your colleagues. This is why we're doing this this whole kind of seven mountains thing. Not just to witness to your colleagues, not just to to earn enough to be a, a, a kind of person of resources and and to, to bless the church and all of those things, which are great. Yes, you're there for that. But you're also there to bring change to systems, to bring a reformation. I finally realized why I'm in education. I'm in education to reform it. Not just to reform a bit of it. My job is to reform the whole of it. Now, thankfully, I don't have to do that on my own. I'm really pleased about that. There are a lot of other people in education for exactly the same reason. If you're in healthcare, you're there to reform it. You're not just there to be this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, okay? You're there to bring change. And the bigger that you get, the more change that can come through you. That's the desire of Jesus. So how do we grow? Just spend time with him. Just spend time with him and say, uh, what do you want me to, uh, what's your dream for me? What's your dream for me in my school? What's your dream for me in my household, in my street, in my, my social club, in my, my bowls club, in uh, whatever else you do, in the reading group that I'm in? What's your dream for me here? And then begin to take risks, believing that you are significant. You're significant because God is good and he wants to work through you. We finished. So let's just go back to to these. There we go. No. There we go and there we went. That's it. Dream big. Take risks. Trust Jesus. And serve well. Okay, uh, musicians, can you just come back up, please? I'm trusting that um, the Holy Spirit has at least spoken to one or two of you. Um, He spoke to me, so that's good. team are going to lead us in some worship it's an opportunity to respond i'm not going to ask people to come forward if you would like to come forward then there are people that uh will pray with you but i'm i'm not going to kind of uh go for a response in that way but i am encouraging you to respond to god
and to say, Lord, I've been a Christian for five minutes or, Lord, I've been a Christian for five decades and I need to respond because we can all be bigger people. Okay. All yours, Jim. Thank you.